I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The garden is looking gorgeous and doing really well considering the heat this time of year. That's a TikTok video from Redleaf Ranch. And the farmer you hear is Brian Briganti. He has over 2 million followers. These snake hordes are huge. I definitely think it's time to harvest some. That's a lot of gourd. No one really understands how TikTok popularity works. But I understand why these videos regularly get over a million views. It's all about the abundance. Abundance! What a sweet little harvest! It's a catchphrase, but it's also a way of life. The way of appreciating the bounty that greets him every morning. I mean, you can't see it, but trust me when I say it, that these snake gourds are huge. And I do not even want to talk about his loofahs, which, yes, you can grow loofahs, like shower loofahs, in the vegetable garden. Or then there's his beans, or his peppers, or any number of other plants that there's just no way I could ever grow in my garden here on the island. This is Townsizing, a podcast from HGTV all about small town living. And I'm your host, Anne Helen Peterson. The other day I started watching Redleaf Ranch TikToks and I thought I would spend a few minutes distracting myself. And then I woke up from a trance an hour later. There's an infectious enthusiasm that's really hard to describe. The farm includes disco balls and chicken coops, which apparently adds to the stimulation for the chickens, I don't know. And then there's the trademark expression of abundance every time Brian highlights whatever the garden has gifted him with that particular day. Whoa. These are so cool. They smell like loofah. In one video, Brian rattles this loofah squash that's been drying in the shed. He cuts into it, and then he pours out enough seeds to plant an entire field of loofahs. Again, abundance. I'm also very emotionally invested in Brian's journey with his chicken, Olive, who he's sort of hand-raised after the hens rejected it. Welcome to your new crib. I know it'll take some getting used to. It's okay. (laughs) Don't make this harder than it already is.
Brian lives on Redleaf Ranch with his boyfriend, Dominic Gravine. And although Dominic is more of like a supporting actor on TikTok, there would be no Redleaf Ranch TikTok, no abundance without him. Before the pandemic, the two moved from Brooklyn to a spread outside the tiny town of Morrison, Tennessee. And even their neighbors kind of doubted that they would last longer than three months. But their lives have changed in pretty wonderful and compelling ways, which I think you'll not only hear, but feel in this episode, where we get into that huge transition, what it means to work from home when you're a farmer, and what it's like to be queer in rural America. Plus, they tell me about what it was like to exchange a $25,000 plant at the airport, which I did not even know was a thing that you could do. Brian and Dominic, just so listeners know who is who, do you mind introducing yourself? My name is Dominic Ravine, and my main work here is growing tropical pitcher plants. It's my business, and it's called Redleaf Exotics. And my name is Brian Briganti. My main work here on the farm is growing our food, all the vegetables, raising our chickens, and maintaining the homestead. And creating content for social media. And creating content. Just (laughs) sprinkle that in there. Can you tell me just about your daily life on the farm? Like, what are your chores when you wake up? Like, what does it look like? I usually go right to the greenhouse. I have to water all my plants. Okay, here's the greenhouse. Usually the animals are fed first, our dog Chloe and the three cats, which we love so much. Every day could be a little different depending on the season and just the day. But usually I'll go down the greenhouse, water my plants. On Monday and Tuesday, we pack a ton of orders and Brian helps me do that. And you go to the garden and do your thing. Every day is a little different. Here is the vegetable garden. Basically, start, get your cup of coffee, go out into the greenhouse or gardens, see what really needs to be attended to, and go from there. That's the sound of a fresh pepper right out the garden. And it's so good. (laughs) And what's really exciting, I guess, with my career path and what I'm doing on TikTok, like, there's, like, this world of people who have to, like, script and and conceptualize things and then create the content. Me, I just, like, go out to the garden. I'm like, oh, my God, this is blooming. Oh, my God, look at this massive fruit. Oh, my gosh, I can harvest this. Like, the content just kind of makes itself, which is fun. And it's it, it, it keeps the content exciting because it's genuinely happening, like, the surprise is really there. Like, this just happened, you know? So it's, it's a really unique space to be creating the way that that I am. You have such a great ability to capture the joy that I feel whenever I go into my garden and I see something, like a new butt, especially something that you haven't grown before or that hasn't bloomed yet. And, like, you want to tell everyone about it, but maybe the other people in your life aren't that excited that you're like, listen, I just want to talk to you about my Dahlia. And no one else is that interested. But there are other people out there and they found one another through through your it's beautiful tiktok has like a really great way of building that community and like sharing it organically with the right audience something i've never experienced on any other platform that has just made me fall in love with tiktok Um, especially pursuing a career in photography like and trying to make a name for myself on social media there oh my gosh the ambiance was so different so different (laughs) and like every especially being a photographer and the perfectionist that I am everything had to be so polished and so curated TikTok feels so much more authentic and 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 raw and I guess unpolished like you're capturing the moment and sharing it and people get to feel that 
that excitement that you felt in that moment. And it's, it's awesome. I love it. <laughs> if we were to put your address into Google Maps and come over, like what would we see on the drive over? Not much. <laughs> we live deep in the country of Tennessee in this small town called Morrison. We're about an hour and a half southeast of Nashville. So once you start getting out here, you're going to find a lot of farmland, a few mountains, a lot of pastures. We're kind of right in between Nashville and Chattanooga. Personally, I really love the drive to Chattanooga. It's just so beautiful, so scenic, so mountainous. It's it's gorgeous. And then you don't have ridiculous traffic once you get into town the way that you would in Nashville. Not at all. Well, I haven't experienced traffic <laughs> once since moving here. It's definitely been a humbling experience moving from New York City, especially where everything is like right there. Um, everything's about like a 15, 20 minute drive. There's a small town called McMinnville that that's the main town that we go to. We actually don't spend much time in Morrison because it doesn't have anything that McMinnville does. There is a cute little like strip main street with like coffee shops and like boutiques and restaurants that that's really cute. But yeah, even then we don't go into town too much because everything we need to do is right here. I used to live in Brooklyn too. And sometimes I think about the fact that like to get to a hardware store, like to get to the Lowe's that I would go to, the one like place that you could get any sort of stuff that you would get at Lowe's, you had to schlep on the subway for at least 15 minutes and then you had to schlep it back. And it was so uncomfortable. You have like this awkward parcel. You're trying to get through the turnstile. Like everything that was harder in New York is a little bit easier when you're in the country. And then everything that was easy in New York, like, oh, I can get amazing food from any cuisine that I want down the street, basically. That's a little harder. Yeah. When I lived in Brooklyn and I built my first greenhouse there in the backyard to go to Home Depot, the stuff that I brought on the subway was probably illegal, like 12 foot boards <laughs> and like just the building materials, like cramming people. It was always a show. But yeah, it's definitely a lot easier to just get to Home Depot or Lowe's here and drive right back. And spending time at Lowe's and Home Depot, it's like, that doesn't even feel like it makes sense in a city. Knowing what we have to get at Lowe's, I'm like, how are you maneuvering that through a city? Like, what are you even doing? Because everyone's renting there. Like, Right. You're like, no, that's the job of my landlord to do whatever things that they need to get. How did you two meet in New York? Through Instagram. I, at that point, was still doing photography. And I was just starting. I just built my greenhouse in Brooklyn. And I used to do fashion and portraiture, but it was very... They want a certain thing from you. And as I grew into my plants and started, like, I'm going to do this, I got a little more, I just want people with no clothes on. And I used to put plants on their heads and make them like a floral arrangement, kind of. Yeah. It was just yeah, yeah. my thing. And Brian popped up on my Instagram and I thought he was in New York. And I'm like, hey, would you want to do a shoot? And he's like, sure. It's actually, I'm going to be there. Like it was Saturday or something. And I was the first person he met there. So we came over. My greenhouse looked really good then. It was probably within its second year. So everything was really filled in and lush and just shoved him in some plants, photographed them. And apparently they were the best pictures he's ever had of himself. They are the best pictures anyone has ever taken of me. They were incredible. He is so talented. Literally, I had just moved to New York, not even a week. And he was the first person I met to collaborate on that shoot. You know, I was also pursuing photography there yeah. and modeling as well. So just to get my name out there, you know, you got to collaborate and create with other creators. And yeah, like the last thing I expected to find in Brooklyn was a greenhouse in someone's backyard, let alone 
these amazing, crazy, luscious plants. It was an amazing experience. And we stayed really great friends for like yeah. two, three years. Yeah. And then one thing led to another. And, here we and we started dating. <laughs> <laughs> so during this time, you start looking for property because you're like, I can't just do what I want to do. Once I went to see my friends in Australia and I decided this is the life I want to sell these pitcher plants because I, I had this realization. It was literally like something hit me in the head when I was there like a life-changing moment. And I'm like, if I want these plants, because nothing in life, like I'm obsessed with them. I'm like, if I do photography, I'm going to get drug all over the world. I'm not going to be able to have a nice plant collection. And I just knew that I needed to become a business to stay next to my plants. So that's how I started building that. Um, what was the question exactly? <laughs> I'm like thinking of my plants and getting all excited now. <laughs> How long had you been dating when you first started looking at this property and thinking, I'm going to actually buy this property? Oh, okay. So not long. It wasn't. I think it was like we were in the relationship. We had started the relationship and I knew he was going to be leaving. What Things were just do? going so well. Like I didn't want to stop it just because of that. Yeah. And then, yeah, six months into the relationship is when he actually moved. And I was still very attached to the life I had built in New York, you know, pursuing photography. I'm like, my career's here. I had my network of friends and, and, and colleagues. He was like, don't worry. I'll, I'll fly you down to Tennessee. Like we'll still see each other. And the first time I came down to Tennessee and I got a taste of country life, I was like, wait, this is really nice. I didn't think, <laughs> I didn't think he was going to like it. I was like, do you really? Because he loved it. And I'm like, do you really like it out here in the country? And I'm like, the country is like a different, it's so, I grew up in the country, so I know what it's like being, I'm like, a, someone that grew up in the city their whole life, are they really going to like the country? But we weren't really then at that point planning like, oh, you're going to move here. Even when we were dating in Brooklyn, it was very yeah. like, we would go out to breakfast every morning, sleep We were over. flowing. We were, we were flowing. flowing. It wasn't like so set in stone, but then when I came to visit, I was like, we're going to do this. We're going to move forward with our relationship. Yeah. And we started the long distance and started traveling back and forth. Like I would go to Tennessee every month or he would actually come up to New York. And, you know, growing up, I actually had such a deep love for nature and wildlife, but I could never really pursue it or like immerse myself because city. So when I came down to Tennessee, it was like my inner child just kind of unlocked again. And I was just like so dumbfounded by everything. It was it was really it was like magic. I really loved it. And you grew up in Chicago, right? Yeah, I was born and raised so in Chicago. So a very different experience than growing up in a space like this. Like, what what specifically about the property did you love when you came to visit? Oh, my God. Like, the moment you pull in, you're just like, where am I? Because we have this beautiful driveway that's lined with all these trees. And it's like this whimsical tunnel that you have to drive through before you get into the property. That right there, I was like, okay. <laughs> We're not playing around here. This is serious business. And then we pull up to the property and the property itself is just gorgeous. Way back when, this used to be part of a tree nursery. So there's a lot of like really old and established oh. trees here. Literally, we have a front field that's like full of wildflowers. There's a grove of cherry blossom trees. So every spring, they're just like blooming. It was like, where did I just pull up to? This is amazing. I thought I, I felt like I was getting a really unique experience in the countryside too. Like, I feel like people around here don't even get that kind of experience. It's, well, and isn't it like the nursery capital of the world and you didn't know that until you came? We had no clue or he had no clue. People will, you know, call me and stuff. Hey, do you have sell red maples? Or they'll even make a joke like, oh, well, you have a lot of competition around here. I'm like, 
no, it's not the same. <laughs> We're growing <laughs> something way different, but yeah, not that kind cool. of nursery. <laughs> it's like the climate here. You can plant an iris in the fall, a little scrappy bulb in the next, literally by spring, it's a huge clump that looks like it's 12 years old, at least from living in Pennsylvania. It would take so long to get an iris to even bloom like the second year. They're huge and just just by spring. Things like grow over winter here. It's crazy. We're always, yeah. even the trees, the three-year-old trees we have, they're huge already. It's always just very surprising how fast things grow. I really think that this is part of why like our generation-ish loves gardening is there's so few things that we do that you can see like a tangible result within months, right? But when you plant something and it grows. <laughs> there's like nothing like that reward. And there's something about the reward and the reflection of your care. And it's not like a human where there's like hidden emotions or you can't tell like if a plant is unhappy, it's unhappy. If you're growing it and it gives you that, there's a pureness to it. And that's like my connection to gardening. Plants are very, very honest. (laughs) And especially when it comes to like him, it's like the reward of the flower. But for growing food, it's like, I have never tasted tomatoes fresh off the vine. That blew my mind. Like just so citrusy, so juicy. And also on top of that, like the hundreds of different varieties of like every single fruit and veggie you can possibly grow. It is endless. Like why are we all just going to the grocery store? Like we all need to be growing our own food and getting that diversity of of food and, and ingredients. It's really magical. Well, and I see people, you know, in urban spaces who are really trying to make it work, right? With like stuff on their balconies, you know, like I, when I lived in Austin, I tried to grow tomatoes on my balcony and I think it would have worked if I had any understanding of the growing season, which is completely different from any growing like, oh, you grow things in winter, essentially. But just that desire that, you know, the houseplant craze, which, you know, is is part of like fueling your business too. Like, I really think part of this affection, adoration for having plants in the home is, is that desire to have some sort of that lushness. Yeah, I feel like the pandemic, especially, that really supercharged that entire movement. Like there was a massive surge of people either leaving the city, moving to the countryside, yeah. or just like filling their home with house plants. Cause I mean, everyone was- What else are you gonna do besides like track the growth of your house plant every day? <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. 
From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. When did you move full time? Because in my mind, it's like around the pandemic. So you're you're in this space, right? Like we said, Dominic moved here first, and I moved here about a year later, yeah. eight months before the pandemic. Ah. So the timing was just like, oh my gosh! Like I really feel like the universe had bigger plans for us. Like him moving here without knowing it was the nursery capital, and then right. we're in the nursery capital. Like that was just so serendipitous. Like that felt like fate. Life um, kind of always has been. Yeah. And then I moving here <laughs> and the pandemic happens. And given then I was, uh, I moved here with the plan of like still pursuing photography, like traveling back to New York and then coming here to rest my soul and having my money like expand a lot further here than it ever would in New York City. Yeah. But then the yeah. pandemic happened and I wasn't really able to do that anymore. So it was a great time to start gardening, especially growing food with how uncertain the food supply was going to be in the next few months. Yes. You know, it was like, we need some kind of security here. So yeah. And now it's my, fast forward, what, like two, three years later, it's my full-time job. I live it now. We're both the kind of people, though, that make the best of what we have. And like, even when we yeah. were uncertain of what was happening and who was moving here, it's like Brian always pushed toward doing something or something better creating. And when it was like, oh, you can't go back to New York because of COVID and photography. And he mm-hmm. he was dabbling in all kind of stuff. Like yeah. he made soap. Yeah, I, I went told through him, a soap and candle making I'm like phase. making soap. <laughs> Everybody loves soap. And he became like amazing at making soap. And a lot of people bought soap. But then he out, <laughs> he and candles, amazing. And then he outgrew that. And was doing the gardening with it. And then it just, he flew into that. And that just was really the thing. It's not like a physical product either in a business sense. He just has his content. You're not making and shipping soap and candles, which was so great. But like, it was the step to like now where he is now. And it's just amazing to see like how things can work out. Yeah, I feel like as tragic and stressful as the pandemic was, I feel like it was a really rare opportunity too. Cause like when in our lifetime is the world ever going to stop like that again for us to like really reflect on what we're doing? Like, do we want to go back to what normal was? You know, it was a really rare opportunity to pivot, explore something new and see where life took you with that. And I'm so, so grateful. I found gardening. (laughs) Like I can't imagine my life without a garden now. I'm I'm great. And with TikTok too, like I'm I'm really grateful it's enabled me to make it my my full-time endeavor, really. Yeah. And it's a really like it's a hybrid of your of your interests in terms of like photography, creation, all these sorts of things. Yeah. I still feel like 
one, I'm a beginner gardener. And like, two, this is like just the beginning. Like, I'm so yeah. excited to see where yeah. like all this even leads. So it's kind of hard to untangle, you know, that period of of moving to Tennessee from also the, the isolation and the difference of the pandemic. But it, I'm wondering what you were nervous about with both of you with making this jump. Like, what were you thinking like, oh, is this going to be hard? What am I going to miss? That sort of thing. I think that personally for me, when the business was growing, it was a matter of all about my plants. Like, where is it possible to move? Because I had a lot of plants in Brooklyn. Where's the best weather for me? What makes sense? Because I love mountains and I like cold growing plants. So that was a basis of where to move. There was a little bit of a time crunch and it was just kind of like, ooh, Tennessee's like, I lived in Florida. Tennessee seemed like mm. a good middle part, but never been here, kind of bought the house without looking at it. It was a lot of acreage. I'm like, whatever, a lot of acres. And I feel like a lot of moments in my life where I was afraid to do something and I just do it, it always turns out good. It, and it, I yeah. feel like, well, this is like how people get held back. They listen to their fear and they don't move on it. But like, it's always uncomfortable and a little scary when you're doing something big and new, but I've totally. never kind of let it held me back. And I was like, I don't know anybody there and I don't know the area. And just, there was a lot of fear, but it's just kind of like jump. Oh, we jumped. <laughs> <laughs> For me on more of like a, a social, cultural aspect, you know, growing up in a city and being in New York, like one of the most progressive cities in the world, mm -hmm. moving to the very stigmatized South, it being like the complete polar opposite of what New York is. I, I had my concerns of being judged and discriminated against, but I didn't let that hold, hold me back from like coming out here. And yeah. there is like an undercurrent of progressive mindsets here and they want that change. They want that shift. There just mm -hmm. needs to be more of like a movement here to help that actually happen, at least from what I've observed here. It's like a lot of people have just grown up in the same families, the same area, like their entire life, four generations. Like, how are they ever going to get the influence or the exposure to other kinds of mindsets if they're surrounded by the same people all the time? And what they're yeah. getting from the media is not at all what the reality is. So there was this like strange sense of responsibility of like being what was different down there, starting conversations, having open conversations with people and like letting them know like, hey, we're human beings too. Like we're not <laughs> out here trying to take anything away from you. We're just trying to live a, a really wonderful life too. When people are like, oh, the South and this and that, our area, it's like a little bubble. Everyone is so sweet and kind and helpful. And I never see or sense racism or anything like that. Everyone's just so kind. It's not the South that, at least where we live, that everybody like, you know, depicts or whatever. Everyone's super nice. There's also, I think this like real stereotype that like there's no gay people in rural America. And there are. Which is there are. Really false. We're out here. <laughs> right? But like even people who grew up there, that like none of those people statistically are gay, right? Like so it's untrue. just not possible. And so sometimes they might not look like how queer people that you encounter in a city might look like, right? But like having more people <laughs> makes it so that it's more visible. And also I think more visible for kids to see too, that there are ways of, of growing up and finding a partner and being happy and living your life, right? That 
aren't always super visible for kids in those smaller places. And that's where that like sense of responsibility came, especially for the younger generation. Like I am not like anyone here, (laughs) even in the way I talk, the way I walk, (laughs) the way I present myself. The moment I walk into a room, they know like he is not from here. So like just being, I'm not one to like hide that at all. Like I'm still going to be 100% myself. So in a way it kind of gives people, even if like, a younger gay kid or someone queer, like even a straight person who's afraid to like show who they are, like it kind of in a weird way gives them permission to do it because there's someone else doing it and doing it so authentically without any criticism or anything like that. Like, yeah, I get stares and looked at and I can sense judgment. That's not anything I'm not used to. Like growing up in a city too, like you get lots of stares, you get lots of looks, especially in New York, the kind of lifestyle I was living in New York. Like I'm, I was very used to being stared at and looked at. So I came down here to just continue that, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I know that when you moved, your neighbors were kind of dubious that you would last that long. Can you tell that story? Well, Cindy and Tony. Yeah. I love Cindy and Tony. They're actually amazing human beings. I love them so much. When we first moved here, they were the, they are the sweetest, kindest people. They're like, hey, our keys are under the floorboard of the truck. If you need it, just go use it to get wood or everything. I'm like, can you imagine if I had to rent a truck for every trip I had to go back, like 30 minutes to get lumber? Like, so sweet. But I didn't really feel like they didn't think we would survive here, but they were just like, they're always so surprised that like, you guys like it here? And like, I feel like they just sit on their porch and watch our TV show. Like, what are they building today? Or what are they doing? Or like, what? Or like, God, like you y'all. guys are the funnest neighbors we have ever had. They're like, you make us tired just watching you. And I'm like, we love gardening. We love doing stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. I feel like, Dominic, you give off more of like a, you've, in a sense, kind of feel like you came home to this. Like, this is mm. more of your natural setting than it ever was mine. Like, I, I remember... It was about a year into, like, everything that we were doing, me being here. My neighbor Cindy comes up to me and she's like, Brian, I need to be honest with you. The moment you stepped out of that truck when moving here, I didn't think you'd last three months. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, Brian, you have proved me wrong. I am so proud of you and everything that you guys have accomplished. I'm like, oh, Cindy, thank you so much. And we've just built this, like, beautiful relationship with them. Something that I've never really got to experience growing up in a city either. Like this like neighborly yeah. energy. Not a neighbor that's like, get out of my face. I don't want to look at you today. It's more like, hey, do you need anything? Like they're yep. the sweetest, yeah. kindest They people. come over from time to time. We show them the property, see what's going on. We share food with them. Yeah. It's so sweet. I mean, you so got to upload zukini on someone. Like where do you, <laughs> oh my you God. give your like, What am I going to do with all this food? Neighbors? Like make we just share it. We share it. Make us bread. (laughs) Love zucchini bread. It's definitely given me a different perspective of just like what it means to be a neighbor, but also like, I mean, you drive up to the property and right next to them, they have like this big Trump sign. And I feel like our relationship is a beautiful example of like what we can really do and accomplish if you just sit down and have a conversation with them. Like they said it themselves. We are the most fun neighbors they have ever had. And like, we hang out with them. We share food with them. Like difference of mindset hasn't gotten in the way of us like building a beautiful relationship. Yeah. There's a there's a phrase that you say in your videos and that you know you sell merch with this but like it doesn't feel uh, it doesn't feel like a brand it just feels like a vibe that's associated with the farm and that's abundance. Abundance. <laughs> it's a way of life. It if is a way of life. Talk more about why it, like the entire experience of being where you are feels like abundance. 
the way things have played out since moving here and just like how everything has like fallen into place, the abundance of nature that is around us, like the abundance of our bounties and all the wildlife we're able to attract because of what we've done. All of this has happened and played out because of our own hands. And it really is more than just like what you physically see. It's it's like the abundance from within. Literally, it's a mindset. It's a mentality. It's a way of life. You know, speaking it into existence, you manifest it back into your life in so many different ways. Like, I feel like something that deters a lot of people from growing or starting a garden or having a nursery or growing plants is like the fear of failing and killing something, you know? And, and that mentality is absolutely only going to attract exactly what you're thinking. So when you go out into the garden, you're like, abundance. I'm going to plant this. It is going to grow so well. Even if things don't necessarily go as planned, like having that positive mindset will make the experience so much more enjoyable. Um, It'll keep you more motivated and you'll feel so much more reward and fulfillment when you get your abundance. Like you did that. Even with money-wise abundance, which, you know, even with my business, I'm so passionate about the plants and like Brian's so passionate about what he does. We're not like, let's do this for money. The money just kind of comes behind it. Yeah. Um, I, I bred this within our abundance. I bred this really rare plant in the greenhouse. It's called the Philodendron Spiritus Sancti. And I was the first person in the world to do it. And everybody told me I couldn't do it. It's been tried before, all this stuff. And I'm like, my basic feeling of plants is like, there's no reason why this shouldn't work. Um, the plant <laughs> bloomed. It had seven flowers. And out of all the flowers, the first one happened, made thousands of seedlings. And out of this, so we were selling little seedlings, like two inches for $1,200 a piece. People were eating them off the shelf. And then, so out of all of them, I got a bunch of variegated ones and they sell for $25,000 and people buy them. They come, people fly here to pick them up. I'm, I'm, I go to the airport and hand over a little plant and they're like, thank you. I'm like, what is going on? This is like a movie or something, <laughs> like a drug deal, like handing over a little plant, getting 25,000. Like what? You just, I never thought. <laughs> You just don't think that's right. Stuff. And it's because you weren't afraid of like maybe that that experiment would fail, right? As a gardener myself, like a lot of gardening is failing and being like, I learned something from that. Exactly. Absolutely. And not being like abundance of knowledge. See, it's just like yeah. perspective. <laughs> perspective. Yeah. When you came back from that trip <laughs> to like hand off that plant at the airport, I'm just like, babe, abundance. Abundance. <laughs> abundance. <laughs> yeah. It's it's insane to see, you know, how things have played out. So I, I've done a lot of work on uh, the history of people working from home. And if you look at the numbers in like the 1970s and 80s, there actually always has been a lot of people who work from home. It's just that that number has statistically included farmers, right? Because farmers are literally working from home. And so you two are working from home, but in a different way than I think a lot of people conceive of like, you know, the person who's working in tech who's been able to move. How has the fact that like you are making your own business made being in this place sustainable. You know, we've talked about the economics a little bit, but like you are in control of your own industry. You are not dependent on an industry that is outside of the space. I feel like our experience is very unique in what we're doing as well. Like mine being all digital, his being like exotic and rare plants, like even compared to the local community. Like when you think of the nursery capital of Tennessee here, it's a lot of people selling like perennials and trees and shrubs. My market's a very niche market. And even with getting into 
pitcher plants and stuff. I mean, since I was a kid, kind of now I'm like at the top of the market because it was so small when I was doing it. And like the hybrids that were being made were like, okay, then. But just even my friends in Australia, they're the biggest in the world, like knowing them growing up and kind of forming that relationship and becoming where the sole distributor for their plants in the United States. It's an account that any plant grower would want. So that's been a dream come true. We're just very unique. Yeah, yeah. We're, and we're in a very unique space and time, you know, with the digital age, like, exploding. Like, there is a lot of potential to create whatever kind of life that you want, no matter where you are. Yeah, you guys are proof of that. As a an ending question, I want to know how moving and your life on the farm has impacted your relationship. You spend a lot of time together, and a lot of time with other spaces on the farm, but like it's it's a lot of intimacy. And I, I know I experienced that in living in a small town too. The key to success in any relationship is balance. You know, that there was a time, especially when I first moved here, where things felt very dependent on Dominic and his business. And I never wanted to be like, I guess, feel like a burden or like, I'm just like taking too much away from that because that is his life. That is his love. That is his passion. If anything, I wanted to add to it, not put extra pressure like, oh, here's another human I have to care for. Taking the time and and taking my own space to figure out what I was going to do was so important to me. And now both of us are very independent in what we're doing and we're able to like bring it together and build something so out of this world. Like, I feel like we're just really getting started with everything that we're doing. And yeah, it's like having our independence, having our our, our freedom um, to be who we are and then come together and and build something really great. Yeah, like, we just, even have separate bedrooms. Yeah, just realizing we're different mm-hmm. people and having that, like, I mean, even in our relationship, like Brian will go on trips somewhere far by himself or whatever, and me too. And he'll like watch stuff here and then I have to watch it. It's very like a team effort in that way. And it's really like understanding that everyone's individual and it's not like, oh, you can't go on a trip with me or I can't, you know, kind of breaking. And especially in four years in, in the earlier times, it's like, you don't want your partner going off to New York and you're just like stuck home and you're like, I want to go too. And, but like, it's learning that that's not healthy to try to control or want. And I think that's a downfall in a lot of relationships and they're not perfect and not everything's always rainbows and butterflies. I mean, when me and Brian have our little, like, I don't even, even call it an argument. It's like a little, like, a little bicker, like, but that's normal. That's in friendships. That's in every relationship, but that's like to this extent of it. But yeah, it was just, yeah. And having our own space, like Brian will go do his thing and I'll go do mine. And some nights he'll sleep in a different bedroom and I'll sleep in a different one just so we get good sleep. And it's just, yeah, not trying to put any pressure on what a relationship really is or needs to be according to society. We decide what our relationship is, what feels good to us, what feels healthy, what feels sustainable and not letting any pressures of like what an ideal relationship is, you know, impact ours. Because we know what we want. We know what we like. We know what we're able to control and going from there, really like, and communication is so important. Like you can't just expect your partner to like read your mind And know what you're feeling. I mean, sometimes my face says it all. Um, But you can't expect your partner to just know everything. And you need to communicate exactly how, like, something needs to be watered so that it's something doesn't die and then you're mad about that. Like, that's good communication, too. Like, when he leaves me alone with his nursery, 
I know. I get I get Stress. I get nervous no matter what, but I'm at the point now, like before I would go away and and not just Brian, if someone watched it and they did something wrong, you know, I'd get angry with them. But now it's like if I'm leaving, that's my responsibility. And I completely mm-hmm. accept if I come back and it's not the way I want it. Yeah. When you have a yeah, greenhouse yeah, yeah. full of thousands of plants that are really rare and they're all spread out with care, you can't communicate it to anybody the exact way. You just no. do the best you can, hope they do what you said, and that's it. Brian's gotten really <laughs> yeah. good at it. Yeah, He's gotten really good at like it. Like when he first, there was a moment when I first moved here. I literally, it was like my in my first three months of being here, not even two months. Him and his friend went to Australia for two weeks. And left me alone with this greenhouse. And he's like, you have to watch the sphagnum. If that dries out, water it. So I'm like over here looking at every single top of the pot. All the sphagnum has been drying. So I'm like over here watering everything every single day. He comes back from Australia. Everything's overwatered. And I'm like, lost all my pictures. <laughs> I did what you said. Yeah. But we're better at it. <laughs> but I've definitely learned the language of these plants too and, and got an eye for, for what they need in one. Well, it has been such a pleasure to talk to both of you today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thank this you great. so much. <laughs> You just heard from some people who made the small town leap. In our next episode, we're hearing from city folks contemplating that move. What's propelling them? A house they can actually afford? Finding real community? And what's potentially holding them back? We'll break down the pros and cons on next week's episode. Town Sizing is produced by Neon Hum Media for HGTV. You can follow our show wherever you get your podcasts. And we'd love if you could take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.